Zenobia by Harroward Carrington. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Zenobia, a dream of ancient Egypt. A psychic drama in seven scenes. By Harroward Carrington. Joint author of The Mysteries of Myra, etc. Devised, staged, and with scenic effects by Harry Squires. Cast of characters. Jacques Dupont, an artist. Read by Chuck Williamson. Dr. Robert Morton, occult investigator. Read by Todd. Princess Neftari Ra, the mummy. Read by Laurie Ann Walden. Narrator. Read by Catherine Edman. Attendance, etc. Time, the present. Place, Egypt, near the pyramids. Scene 1. Full set, showing sands of desert, sphinx, and pyramids in distance. Mummy chamber in center. Faint blue light on stage, an illuminating mummy. Faint, weird music is in progress. Stage is empty for about thirty seconds at opening. Then voices are heard coming from a distance. They get louder and louder. Finally, Dupont and Dr. Morton enter right, talking. I tell you, my dear friend, it's all rubbish. There's no such thing. I'm a complete materialist. And all this talk about souls and spirits and reincarnation and all that is so much trash. Why? Don't display your ignorance any further, my dear boy. You are speaking of phenomena you know nothing about. I have seen these things, and I know. You know I'm not a lunatic or unbalanced, don't you? Yes, but... My dear boy, there's no but about it. I assure you solemnly that these things are true. They really happen. And science is doing more and more to prove them every day. Spirits exist and they can continue to influence those still living. Out here in this gorgeous desert, with the influences and traditions of the pyramids behind us, indicates them by a sweep of the arm. I don't see how you can doubt. Dupont, who has been moving about a little during this talk, and ascended the steps so that he can see the mummy in the room asleep. Good God! Rob, come here, old man, quick, and see what we found. How on earth did this get here, do you think? Oh, what a beautiful creature she must have been, too. He advances a step or two nearer. An Egyptian goddess, cut in the whitest marble. And what exquisite lines, those features those arms the curves of the bust the throat oh robert what a find my god if she were only alive well your artistic interest is no more aroused than my scientific sense he ascends the steps and looks at the figure if we only knew the secret of life how to restore it some elixir why not try 
you said you know all about these uh, occult things why not try some evocation to bring her back some no no with one so long dead the consequences might be other than we suspect we cannot tell take my advice do not press me further why not what can happen i'll take the risk come in the name of our old friendship and by promise you once made me i conjure you to do what you can perform any ceremony and we will see the effects of course nothing will happen but it shall be as you say though remember i have warned you against it blame me not for anything that may befall come stand here by me and step not out of this magic circle until i give the word otherwise your life may pay the price morton while saying the last words has drawn a sword from his sword-stick and traced a circle on the sand and the sacred pentagram within it he then lights a small jar of incense and taking the sword in his right hand performs certain passes and figures with the point at the same time muttering a spell or evocation as he does so the stage slightly darkens the light in the mummy room becomes brighter morton and dupont kneel and fall to the ground on their faces dupont at the silent command of morton the slow transformation from the statue to the living woman is accomplished she thereupon moves gets up stretches smiles and finally speaks during all this time the stage has been getting gradually brighter but is never fully bright ah the bliss to feel once more after all these years the spark of life the touch of moist warm flesh the thrill of living and of loving to return to earth once more yes it is sweet and sweet too is revenge my return is for a purpose she catches sight of dupont and morton in the circle on the sand that head that form oh holy mother isis oh osiris give me strength aright to live just long enough to justify my animation of this fair body to use its fascination and its power to the great aim and end in view so give me strength and steadfastness of purpose she crosses the floor of the mummy room descends the stairs and walks onto the sands approaching the figures in the magic circle as she does so morton gradually raises his head and catches sight of her he gazes a moment then clutches dupont by the arm and brings him up so that he too can see the figure my god a miracle or is it a vision he leans closer to assure himself and she draws herself up in a haughty attitude as he does so this assures him that she is a woman of flesh and blood he proceeds no she lives rob look look she breathes and glances fire from her eyes our invocation has succeeded no more a skeptic eye 
he advances toward her. Fair maid, not long ago we saw you, sleeping marble, white and pure as the sands of yonder desert. Indicates them. And now you stand before us in all the beauty of your womanhood, brought to life by our magical invocation. Speak, fair wanderer from another sphere, and tell us of yourself, your name, and whence you came. Many, many years have I lain asleep, encased in marble, a brain and heart of stone, waiting waiting for the day of my reincarnation. Four thousand years ago, in ancient Egypt, I was a princess of the royal house, Neftari Ra. All Egypt bowed to do my bidding. I loved, I gave my love, my all, to a man fair to look upon, of grace of mind and strength of body, and for a time we two were happy. She clasps her hands ecstatically and looks up at the audience pauses and then my lover wearied of me betrayed me and one night just such a night as this he stabbed me with this very dagger takes it from her belt and shows it here into my fair breast did he plunge it bears her breast as far as the censors allow and shows the scar to the hilt he drove it and drank of my heart's blood she pauses and droops her head. I died. For thousands of years have I lain asleep, waiting for the magic touch to restore me. And now I know that I am alive. I know also that my former lover still lives. For my life and his will cross again. So it was prophesied by the temple prophetess in the days of ancient Egypt. Princess, I am overwhelmed by what you tell me, so horrible a crime that needs be expiated by the heart's blood of him who was your murderer. If I can do aught to serve you, you have but to command me. You are right, indeed, as to the expiation of this crime. When his reincarnated soul meets mine and realizes that twas he who so foully murdered me, then, then his death knell shall have sounded. Ha! <laughs> you say you would serve me? Then come to-night to my palace, three earthly miles from here. Points. See, on the Nile, at eight. I shall expect you. Come. Exits. Wondrous vision! Come! Rob, Rob, my friend, did you see and hear as I did just now? What can it all mean? strokes his forehead that palace we have just visited it but yesterday and it was dead a pile of ruins yet now she says she lives there mystery of mysteries come rob my friend let us rest and then to the palace and the princess exeunt lights out Drop curtain for scene two. Exterior of ruined Egyptian temple. Faint blue lights. Blue sky showing between the columns. Weird, faraway music. 
resounds from within the temple. Enter DuPont and Morton left, and stand in front of the temple. Look up at it. This is the place, the very place. Yet it is dark and ruined. No signs of life about. Can it be that she was tricking you, playing upon your youthful credulity? No, no, not that. The very soul shone out of her eyes. And when she spoke of meeting once again her lover, I felt a thrill of envy sweep through me. Stay. What was that? He grasps Morton by the arm, and they both listen as the music becomes louder, then softer again, and finally dies away. Music! And from within the temple! There must be someone inside it, then. But stay, my friend, a moment before so rashly venturing in. You do not altogether realize the danger that you run. She is more than merely earthly woman. There is something of the supernatural about her. Be persuaded by me. Leave this place before it is too late, before you have gone too far. Oh, cease. Cease your croakings. How can I think of aught else when she is present and awaits me? If you fear for yourself, stay here. But I will enter. Does so. Aye, I will stay and watch. Scene three. Interior of Egyptian Palace. Huge columns of stone at the back and on both wings. Right, a dais. Upon it, a throne. To the left of throne, a table containing wine, fruit, etc. Cushions about. Egyptian details as far as possible. Faint blue light, which gradually becomes brighter on throne, in which is discovered, seated, the princess. Soft music is heard, then dies away as Dupont enters. Hail, and welcome, honored guest. After your journey you must be weary and need rest. Sit you down, drink, here is wine. She fills two goblets and hands him one. Will I dance for your entertainment as I did of old? Yes, before my lover four thousand years ago? Ah, oh, yes, most beauteous princess, and come to my arms when weary. Zenobia then throws off a veil and begins to dance in a circle, constantly coming back to Dupont. And each time she does, she strips off a veil and throws it at his feet, until she has as little on as the censors will permit. Dupont has been getting more and more enthralled all this time, and finally puts down his wine cup and stretches out his arms to her. She falls at his feet and throws herself into his arms. They kiss passionately. Fairest of women, dearest princess, my very heart and soul are yours. My life's blood pulsates but for you. Give me your love, as I have given you life, to hold you in my arms, to feel the warmth of your kiss upon my lips. Yes, 
for this i would sacrifice all body heart and soul for you looks at her again picks up a wine cup and holds it aloft as a toast he goes on give me dancing give me wine bright eyes glancing into mine kisses sucking up my breath give me passion give me death you mean that leaning forward and speaking slowly if you have my love will you too promise to give me yourself body heart and soul for this life and all lives to come drinking another goblet of wine i do i do let me but love you and all i have or am or ever will be is yours he leans forward to take her more closely in his arms wait wait not now this palace is enchanted a low burst of music is heard he starts back come to me to-night at twelve she picks up a veil and gathers it around herself in the room where first you saw me and all i have to give in love will i give at twelve to-night she passes behind a pillar or something of the kind and is gone dupont runs and looks behind the pillar finds her gone oh god to hold her in my arms to feel her kiss her passionate embrace at twelve to-night what can the time be now looks at wristwatch already ten i must be gone oh being natural or supernatural i am yours exits scene four drop desert scene a sandstorm is in progress faint light storm clouds general storm effects enter dupont right staggering along more or less blinded by the sand and wind and he holds up one arm over his face and eyes then stops and falls to his knees this cursed wind and sand it fills my eyes and ears and nearly strangles me i must be nearly there were it not for her i would turn back but she the prize i must on struggle on and pray the god osiris stops how came i to name the heathen god it came to my lips without my bidding strange strange oh i must be gone tis nearly twelve he struggles up and out left scene five same as scene one no storm stage is nearly dark no figures visible anywhere dupont enters right wiping his face with his handkerchief he looks about oh thank all the gods 
the storm has ceased this quiet spot seems magically sheltered and here she awaits me oh love my divine one i come to you he runs up the steps and into the mummy room pauses a moment looking about in the dark seeing no one at that instant he's grabbed by two arabs dressed in conventional garb thrown to the ground gagged bound hand and foot a trap is opened in the floor from which a faint blue light enters one man descends his body is passed to him and the two men start to carry him through the trapdoor and down a steep flight of stairs when the lights go out stage is in complete darkness gradually faint blue light is seen indicating scene six rock-lined tomb faintly lighted in blue princess zenobia is seen standing wrapped in winding white trappings half resembling a mummy the two assistants are seen carrying dupont's body down a steep flight of stairs they deposit him on the floor fold their arms and look at her for instructions go pointing to steps they exeunt she then takes the gag out of dupont's mouth and unties his feet leaving his hands tied he's daggers to his feet she confronts him what can this mean so late i held you in my arms and pressed my lips to yours and now i am bound a prisoner in a dungeon a damp cold vaunted chamber with the very atmosphere of death he shudders my love loose me unbind me give me your love yourself as late you promised me for you i crossed the blinding sandy desert is that not proof of my devotion come fairy princess do not play with me what means this rough reception at your hands oh jacques dupont when first you undertook the quickening of my soul to life you brought into your life more than you ever dreamed of a supernatural being your friend called me well that i am dupont starts back you know the secret of my life and birth my birth into this life my present incarnation but do you know that i have lived apart and longed and waited all these years for this supreme moment centuries and centuries have i slept the sleep of death awaiting incarnation i told you once before i was a princess in the days of egypt yes that i was foully murdered by my best beloved to him whom i had given soul and body yes stabbed with this very dagger takes it out in this my once fair breast and did i tell you too of him who thus betrayed me that demon fiend incarnate who in his hour of triumph cast me aside for another a priestess of the temple of isis do you remember points at him in those days of long ago how i loved and longed for you in your last incarnation oh god am i mad do i remember can i be 
he? Zenobia screams with laughter. Ha, 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 he remembers. Holy Mother Isis, he remembers. Yes, I am the reincarnation of that princess. And you, you, the living, breathing image of my former lover. Long, long have I waited for revenge, and at last it has come. This dagger, which once you plunged in my fair bosom, shall now find rest and lodgment in your heart. You gave yourself to me, body and soul, you said. Yes, body and soul, and your heart's blood you gave to me. Well, not I take it. Isis, Osiris, to you I give him, to you I offer him a living sacrifice. She stabs him. Dupont falls to the floor. She stands gazing at him for a moment, then turns and mounts the stairs to the upper room. Scene 7 Upper Mummy Room Stage almost dark. A faint blue light gives, as she ascends, a soft glow. She places herself on the couch and is gradually retransformed to the marble image. The rest of the stage is in more or less darkness. It becomes gradually lighter, and Dupont and Morton are discovered on the floor in the center of their magic circle, faces to the ground as they were left in the first scene before the mummy came to life. As it gets brighter, Morton lifts his head. He shakes Dupont by the arm. Dupont sits up, putting his hand to his head and passing his fingers through his hair, etc. He looks wild, his eyes staring. He gasps and clutches his throat. Oh, God, she stabbed me, she stabbed me. Quiet, old man, quiet. If you will go in for magical seances, you must expect disturbing visions. All of them are not pleasant. Come, tell me what it was you saw under the spell of the ceremony. What did you dream? Shakes him. Come, tell me. A vision, a dream. Yes, I'll tell you. They seat themselves. As Dupont is about to begin his story, the curtain slowly descends. End of Zenobia by Harold Carrington